This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM. I'm Roseanne Murray from Community Waikato, and we have with us here today Holly Snape, our Chief Executive. Kia ora. Kia ora, how are you? Um, that's great, yeah. Hey, look, thanks heaps for joining me uh, today. This is my first time actually in the, uh, the, the head chair as such, but we're going to be uh, co-hosting uh, this session, so please bear with me, uh, everyone, as we work through. Today we're going to talk a little bit about, firstly for Holly, uh, her recent appointment as the Board Chair of Community Networks Aotearoa, so congratulations on that, Holly. Thank you. Uh, also, we'll just uh, have a little bit of a catch-up on our recent weekly bulletin that Community Waikato puts out and talk about a few of the workshops and different programs uh, that are coming up over the next uh, month or two. So firstly, Holly, if we start with you, um, yeah, hey look, congratulations once again. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about what is Community Networks um, Aotearoa? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Community Networks Aotearoa is Wellington-based, but it's an umbrella organisation that provides support to uh, network organisations across New Zealand. So when I say network organisations, I mean organisations that work across a variety of networks or other organisations. So um, we're obviously one of them, but organisations like... Um, uh, neighbourhood Support New Zealand. So they have lots of other neighbourhood supports that, that sit um, with them that they provide that information and support to or Social Link who are like us over in Tauranga or Community Waitakere or, you know, so it's, it's organisations that have um, or um, support or um, create networks in their own communities. So so that's what it is. Um, it's a network of networks in many ways. <laughs> Great. And um, so maybe just also um, tell our listeners a little bit about your, your journey with uh, Community Network Aotearoa. Um, I'm sure you haven't just gone on to the organisation no. <laughs> as board chair. No, uh, you know, it was interesting. In my first year, probably when, um, yeah, maybe the second year, maybe in 2016, when um, I, I was still very fresh-faced CE of Community Waikato, uh, Karen and I both went to a Community Network Aotearoa, we call them CNA, um, we went to a CNA hui and I had a chance to, to sort of meet the organisation for the first time and see a little bit about how they provide support to their membership. Um, Community Waikato had been an, a member of CNA for quite some time. So so that was my first introduction to, to the organisation. It was a great opportunity to get some insights into the kinds of work that they do across the sector and they certainly are looking at how they can support systemically. They get very involved in things like... Um, you know, when when government are proposing legislation that impacts the community and social service sector, you know they get very involved in researching that, um, in in getting gathering sort of intel from across the sector to get a sector feel about where people are coming from, and then put in um, submissions on behalf. But they also provide a capacity building service like we do to um, some of those smaller organisations that that need a little bit of additional 
um, care and support. So, you know, um, that was my, my introduction to them. Um, I went along to, uh, after that, they, there's a, basically there's a hui every year and on the other year there's a conference similar to what we do at Community Waikato. So um, went along to a couple of those and, and then got asked if, if I'd have some interest in joining the board. You know, and it's what's really good about CNA is um, they try to get good representation from across the country. So uh, it's a great, great opportunity to kind of meet with like-minded individuals from around New Zealand. Um, so, you know, having um, a space here in the Waikato, we were approached to see whether or not that would be something I'd have interest in. So I've been on the board now for quite a long time. might have been 2018, maybe maybe even 2017 I don't think it's been I think it's been a little while I've been, I've been on the board now um, and was vice chair for the last um, I think three years so yeah it's been a little journey great to see the succession planning in place going from the vice chair into the actual board chair role uh, doesn't always uh, happen with uh, no. boards. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, and certainly, you know, um, CNA are, are very similar to us in that, you know, certainly try to do things like um, walking our talk, you know, and demonstrating good governance um, practices, um, not just policies. So so absolutely, this is about um, building um, succession planning. We've um, appointed, obviously, a new deputy chair as well, um, and that is Liz Davies from Social Link um, over there in the Bay of Plenty, Tauranga, which is um, absolutely fantastic. And in some ways, I haven't surprised her with this yet, but um, I'm thinking, you know, building more of a... Um, a, a partnership, you know, as in, in that sort of leadership role will be helpful because Liz is, has such a strategic mind. She, she'll bring a lot to the position. So I think if we are a little bit more um, invited to be a little bit more active than, than a deputy chair often is, I think that that will ensure as well that sustainability too and that, that succession. Yeah, great to hear. Um, and I think it's a fantastic example of how... Added, how much added value having a vice chair can be for an organisation. Um, sometimes some people think it's just someone to fill a seat on a board, um, but really when you're looking to identify that ideal candidate for a vice chair role, um, looking at that succession planning and looking at who maybe potentially in the two, three, four years yeah. time would be ideal to actually move into that chair role. And I do know that some uh, chair people, um, they then look at being a mentor to yes. that person um, and then help them um, upskill themselves to then be confidently able to, to take over in that chair role when their time comes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I think it's really important that organisations do take the time to think about that. So so certainly CNA um, has been doing that, which is which is fantastic. Um, we've got quite a big year ahead this year. Um, as you know, Roseanne, there's a lot happening in the sector. We've got legislation coming that's going to change things. Most of the organisations who are membership organisations of CNA are incorporated societies. And of course, with that big shift in the Incorporated Societies Act, we're going to see um, every every one of our members needing to reincorporate. And I imagine that that is going to mean um, quite a bit of work for our team, which is even smaller than the community Waikato team. <laughs> so, you know, to deal with it right across the country. Um, Ros at the moment um, has been wading through the local government um, review. 
and and putting in a submission on that because what is glaringly absent from from that review currently is any mention of the community and volunteer sector and of course um, we're key partners right around New Zealand delivering well-being services and well-being delivery is being identified as key in this document and yet we're com- conspicuously absent so um, so advocating on behalf of the sector in that space will be a big thing you know the tick for governance is still rocking along um, we're getting lots more people taking that up that online 10 module course where you get a micro credential at the end of it it's extremely affordable only $100 for the 10 modules which is great you can do it at your own pace online so I mean that's that's still kind of trucking along um, but the big project at the moment too of course is around banking and, and we've spoken about this a few times but um, the banking services and the difficulty um, as a result of anti-money laundering legislation um, you know many organisations are struggling to access the services that they need and in particular rurally isolated communities really struggling you know to do simple things like open an account or change a signatory or you know just those really simple things that happen quite frequently for not-for-profits. Yeah look I was just uh, speaking to the board chair of a community organisation this morning and uh, fairly new organisation and just the challenges that they're going through um, you know, the evidence they have to find, um, you know, the questions that they've got to continuously keep answering. It feels and quite invasive sometimes with personal details and, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is it is challenging. Um, the IDs that you've got to get verified and, you know, by JPs and then put in front of them and, oh, never yeah, ending. I know. We could probably go on for a long time yep. about that and maybe that uh, once we uh, have some progress in that space, we can probably talk about that another time. Uh, I just know I did listen in on a webinar prior to Christmas uh, and um, it's great that uh, Community Networks Aotearoa or CNA as we know them as um, have contracted a researcher um, who's yeah. gathering some amazing evidence um, you know, both quantitative and qualitative yeah. um, that um, to put forward as a case towards the banking ombudsman. Yes. Um, that hopefully we'll be able to go back out to the banks and, and look at some sort of uh, compromise along the way for our community sector. Look, and, and the key is, you know, this isn't about changing the legislation. There is acceptance right across the board that um, anti-money laundering legislation and this involves as well not funding terrorists and um, the the concern is that a number of organisations, not just not-for-profits, this this impacts businesses as well, but trusts are seen as high risk and I use inverted commas there, um, you know, as a mechanism to be able to launder money. Um, Now, we're not thinking we're going to change the legislation necessarily. What we really want is a reinterpretation of how that legislation is applied. And we think that there are very robust systems that can be put in place that can still give um, banks and the likes and and lawmakers confidence that um, the person who is saying that's who they are is is actually that person. We think, for example, that you can use virtual meetings with a JP in the room with someone perhaps who's in Thames um, meeting with a bank in Hamilton because they don't, you know, well, certainly in Colville, they don't have banks in Colville. (laughs) So obviously that becomes a barrier. And that we could use perhaps some of these these other digital ways of navigating the system. But currently you can't do that under the way that the the, the legislation has been interpreted. So we're looking to see a reinterpretation of that, some systems put in place that might give banks confidence, um, but that actually creates, um, 
you know, it removes the barriers that have been put in place as a result of this legislation. Hey, thanks uh, for sharing that information with us, Holly. And it'll be a little bit of watch this space it will. To, uh, to see how it can uh, hopefully benefit our community sector and lessen the the heartache that we go through from time to time with uh, either opening mm. our bank accounts or even just changing our signatories. And and of course, if anyone is listening to this and says, oh, we've had this terrible experience, they are still gathering data, you can jump on the Community Networks Aotearoa website, just put that in and you'll come up, it will come up, and then um, put in your experience because as much data as they can collect, the better. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for that, Holly. Hey, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a quick break now, listen to a little bit of Blondie, The Tide is High, uh, and we'll be right back.
And we are back. Uh, we connect with Community Waikato, Free FM 89.0. Holly Snape and Roseanne in the studio, both of us from Community Waikato, talking. Um, we've just had a bit of a conversation about CNA, and now we're going to turn to our weekly bulletin. And if you want to get a copy of these, you just need to jump on our website. There's a box you can tick, and you can get all of this information. Um, the first thing up today is linking communities to to learning. Lead the way, New Zealand certificate in business. Now you're involved in this, Roseanne. Yes, I am. Yeah, exciting. Um, two hats for this one. I have got two hats for this one, indeed. Uh, exciting partnership between Community Waikato and the Waikato Institute for Leadership and, and Sports Studies, um, who are also a private training provider, uh, and they um, deliver this um, qualification um, that you've just been talking about. And look, over the uh, last few years, we've... Um, identified that um, there probably is lacking these opportunities for yeah. our, our managers, especially our very small organisations. Look, and absolutely, and especially since the Unitech stopped running the postgraduate di- diploma in not-for-profit management, there's actually been very little specifically that supports our, our leadership in our sector. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, also, too, it's it's a great opportunity for those aspiring leaders within an organisation. They might be a, a programme manager, um, for an organisation looking to gain some additional leadership skills. And again, we were talking before about succession planning. Yes. It could be, you know, you have an assistant uh, manager role that you're wanting to provide more professional development opportunities. So so what is, so it's, it's targeted at leaders um, of not-for-profit sectors, but also people wanting to get into those spaces, is it? Yeah, look, most definitely if you're uh, an aspiring leader um, within an organisation, um, it's uh, definitely going to provide you with those skill sets and um, I suppose knowledge uh, and then ultimately experience. Um, it's very much practical based learning. Cool. Um, it's it's over a twelve it's over I suppose a ten month period. It starts yeah. in March, March the seventeenth, Friday the seventeenth, runs through until around about um, end of November. And um, there's 10 actual workshops Mm. um, and they're on a fortnightly basis and they're at the first part of the year, every second Friday. And that's where you have a facilitator will be discussing with you um, and working through with you on um, various information around, you know, how to be a leader, whether it's on your communication skills, it could be around, you know, what it is as a leader, what are the key attributes of being mm-hmm. a leader. Um, it's around looking at the processes and systems that are already in place in your organisation and then what are best practice processes and systems. Um, lots of different sort of topics there around how mm. to help you being a more effective leader. Broken up into four uh, projects. And um, so virtually you'll have 10 weeks working on one project and you'll actually be looking at something within your organisation. Mm. So it's actually practical learning. Um, and then at the end of that 10-week period, you'll then be looking to do a little presentation. And it's either back to... Um, your manager or, or a leader within your organisation or someone else as a mentor type role um, that you'll present to um, and just get their feedback on. Um, talking about mentors, if you know you don't have uh, someone in your organisation who's sort of like in that management role or someone that you know of as a, a mentor, this is where we can actually align you with our mentoring mm. programme that we'll be starting in April. Uh, and so um, we'll hopefully be able to 
look to um, you know match you up with um, a mentor uh, and you can utilize that mentor um, for yeah, this that's, project it's a great idea sort of um, allowing them to align quite nicely yeah look look it is and we're quite excited about that uh, and so then you'll get to the, the second 10-week block and, and so on until the end of the um, four blocks. It's pretty you affordable. You will actually get uh, NZQA um, level cool. four credits. That's awesome. Which is a great bonus to have on your CV. But it's only $150 plus just, and, and that's, is that for the whole thing? It is indeed. Amazing. Only $150. You don't Great value for money, whereas a lot of other organisations, something a qualification like this, you're probably looking over $3,000. So how is it so cheap? It's just just a, um, a, an opportunity that Wills can um, provide a subsidy ah, yes. uh, that goes towards that. Yeah. Um, and so we're very excited, um, as I said before, um, to partner up with Wills and to look at it. And this is going to be a community focused um, course. Le- yeah. And um, we're looking at that you'll have then that peer support where hopefully you'll be able to, you know, maybe share some ideas and thoughts and probably also some challenges that you all probably have in common yeah. uh, along the way and maybe how someone has handled something will be quite different to someone else. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Rhonda, who's the facilitator, amazing, very well experienced, and she's going to also be there really to help you along the way. Um, so it's going to be hopefully helping to encourage people to that lifelong learning uh, mm. development mm. journey. That's fantastic. It is exciting. And again, um, if people do want to find out a little bit more about that, you can find about all all about it on the website. Um, at some point, um, the the webinar, there was a little bit of an online conversation. Um, people were invited to join, but that will go up online, so there'll be additional information in that if you want to have a bit of a nosy around um, perhaps the Facebook page and, and the Community Wankato website in the next little while. Yeah, we hope to have the recording of the webinar up in the, the next few days, early next week. And, um, yeah, it's got, it'll have all the details on our website under workshops. Yeah. Um, we'll have the details of around how to register. Um, or if you want to speak to someone, uh, if you have more questions or want to know a little bit more about the, uh, about the course. So really excited to be able to offer this to our community sector. Mm, it is exciting. Now, I believe uh, also on our weekly bulletin, Holly, uh, we've got quite a few funding workshops coming up. Oh, my goodness, there are so many. And we spoke, I think it was last week, to Anne about these. So those who listened last week might be aware of them. Those that aren't, I'll tell you what, there is a funding workshop coming your way. Um, We've got Port Waikato on the 18th of February, Thames on the 20th, Coromandel on the 21st, Fitianga on the 22nd. Let's hope the weather is okay. Yeah. (laughs) But then we're in um, Taumaranui um, in, in March, we're in Hamilton in March, Tiaraha in April. They're actually all around the place. We're doing some online as well. Um, there's a massive list, but I would absolutely encourage anyone who is involved in the community and social service sector that applies for funding, um, absolutely attend one of these. They are well worth attending. Like I say, there should be one in your community, but we're also doing online workshops. What's so good about them is that at some of these as well, we we have funders attending, so you can ask some quite specific fund, you know, um, individual funders about their own priorities or, you know, what is their preference and in, in terms of how we apply and you know all of this sort of stuff. If if you're new to funding, this is, I think, essential. You have to attend. 
you know. I remember when I first started doing funding applications as a fresh-faced from the university, now running a community organisation person, and I just based them off, this is what you do, you base them off what the person had done before you. Well, that person had just made her own up made up her own template and just put them in and I remember ringing the DIA after the first sort of fun- and we got funding when I put mine in just based on her template and then I, I gave them a call at the DIA and had Norman and those who have been in the sector for a long time would remember Norman and he just go- he just goes you know what Holly we actually prefer you use our own template <laughs> you know he was so kind he said I'll send that to you but you know what these, these people are great and they share information and it is if you're wanting to get money, um, building those relationships really fundamental. Look, that's one of the key takeaways that I've always um, been trying to install on people um, is the funders are just like us. They're yeah. human. They want to hear your stories. And they want to give away the money. Yeah, and it's all about building relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely one thing to take away is um, you know either get on the phone, have a chat, go and see them. Uh, email them, um, yeah, really start to build those yeah. relationships. Attend the these meetings, find out which funders are going to be present. Yeah, yeah, totally. Def- definitely. Hey, look, we've only really got a minute to go, Holly. Um, is there anything else quickly in the weekly bulletin that you, you think would be great you know, to share? You know what, there's just so much there. I'd encourage people to go check it out. We've got a Migrant Connect session coming up online. We've got legally compliant processes coming up. We've got leadership learning with um, Maureen Mara. We've got governance and small organisations. So look, um, and more. <laughs> so I'm not going to go through it all, but but certainly um, do jump online and check it all out. It's all in our um, on our website under workshops. Yes, it is indeed. Yep. yep. Great stuff. All right. Hey, thanks for that, Holly, and thank you for coming in and joining me today and helping me with my my trainer wheels. Uh, oh. I've still got my L plates on, but uh, hopefully over time uh, we'll be running this like a smooth well-oiled machine we, we certainly will i'm looking forward to that yeah so hey thanks again to free fm for um hosting uh, us here with connect with community waikato this is roseanne and holly and we say goodbye to you all ka kite ka kite Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.